commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another episode of Mando Talk. I am your host, as always, Caleb Keller. And joining me this week is no one. DJ is not with me on this episode of Mando Talk. He had some things to take care of, things to do, which is A-OK. But you are going to hear from DJ on our second chapter of Boba Festivities. He sent me a recording of, of kind of his big takeaways with some of the things that we're going to discuss tonight. So I'm going to play that recording at the very end of this stream. So you're definitely going to be getting some DJ content. Uh, so I can't wait to hear it. I mean, I've heard a little bit of it, but I waited to listen to it until we were actually doing the show, but I will play that at the very end. But I want to say this. I am so thankful and appreciative of all the people that continue to listen to this show, uh, that continue to think about listening to me talk, that, that listen to DJ talk. I know a while back, Zach was with us, you know, Brandon Anderson, Jacob, all the crew. We are so thankful. Uh, Anchor does this thing with with Spotify. And by the way, Anchor is is the platform that kind of puts our podcast out there. Uh, Anchor does this. Th they're partner with Spotify and they give you some data at the end of the year. Our follower, our follower, our streams, our listens have have grown by like almost 100 percent, 120 percent. Like it's crazy. The the growth that we've seen in this past year here at Mando talk. So it's very exciting and a lot of great things going on. And I tell you what, one of the nicest things going on right now is getting ready for the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I can't wait for this show. It is officially December. The month of December for me is not the month of December. It's the month of the book of Boba Fett. I am extremely excited for this series. I, I mean, it seems like every single day that passes, my excitement level is just increasing and increasing and increasing, and I can't wait to finally see it. But listen, it is Boba Festivities Chapter 2. Like I said, DJ is not with us live, but he's going to, you know, give you a pre-recorded thought video here at the end of this episode. By the way, those of you that usually watch us live, I went ahead and did this episode an hour early um maddie my wife usually gets uh home from work kind of when we're ever, when when we're live so you know i figured let's finish the show that way i can hang out with my wife as soon as this stream is over so that's why we kind of went earlier this week i hope you don't mind i, I hope you understand uh, but with that said rfb Rural Farm Boy, you are in the chat. I greatly appreciate you being here. And you know what? You tell me what you think of all the different things that we're going to be discussing tonight. And RFB, I know you love DJ just as much as I do. Like I said at the top, we will hear from him as well. We got a pre-recorded special something from him to play at the very end of the episode, so stick around. Okay, the first thing that's on our to-do list tonight for Boba Festivities Chapter 2 
is to kind of break down and react to these recent TV spots that we've gotten. Uh, this first TV spot is titled Rain, and um, I'm just going to play this thing and, and kind of just to refresh my mind. I made some takeaways. I did a breakdown. I'm going to play this thing real quickly just to, you know, get back in, in the in the mood, if you will. And then I'll share kind of my thoughts. But you know what? If you're watching with me, let's enjoy watching this 30-second TV spot, this 30-second clip together. Let's do it. So, yeah, in your typical fashion, TV spots pretty quick, pretty fast. But inside this thing, I mean, the big thing that, that I took away from this initially, I mean, I just love this entrance scene that we get here at the very top it's very reminiscent of return of the jedi and i always love whenever we get those original trilogy vibes and they're they're definitely pulling on those vibes for me very cool it kind of looks i don't know if this is finnick that's on the left or if it's boba on the left i can't really tell at least not right now but it looks like it's got one of those i don't know i don't like a i don't know if it's a bounty hunter or if it's it's just some form of villain there's somebody getting in the way of boba fett and fennec shand uh it kind of that with that red suit with that protective uh, chest plate we've seen them a bunch in trailers so far whoever it is it's captured they're in trouble in trouble i really love this shot it, really really cool my next thing the next thing that uh i found found very 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 intriguing was the flyover of this city that I, at this point, I really genuinely feel like this city is on Tatooine. It, it just has way too many Tatooine vibes of, in my opinion, to kind of deny that, at least right now. I mean, obviously, I am correct until proven incorrect, like uh, we typically happen to be sometimes, but it really looks really cool. I can't wait to explore this new location regardless very, very cool. Uh, the hangar, that is the next thing. So so let me roll this thing. The hangar there with Slave One, uh, very interesting shot. I think on Twitter this past week, somewhere on social media, I saw that that was actually concept art from somewhere. If you're in the chat and you can confirm that, please do. Uh, but someone on socials kind of shared that image, revealed that that was like an original concept art from somewhere. So very cool. I love that we're getting more Slave One. Great to see. And the dining hall scenes. I'm getting very, very much so bad vibes here in this shot. Um, I think Boba is really going to be um, scary in this moment. Obviously, he's, you know, he's like, you know, speak freely. Do what you want. You know, I want to hear you. Let me hear your opinions. But I'm nervous, man. Every time I see that dining hall scene, I feel like somebody's about to get got. That's just my personal opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But really, really cool. OK, that was not the only TV spot that we got in this past week. We also got a second TV spot by the title of Message. So, again, I'm going to play that one real quick as well. And then I will give my quick takeaways, not as many quick takeaways with this one personally. Maybe if you had other quick takeaways from the first TV spot, let me know. And if you have takeaways from message, the second TV spot, let me know. All right, let me click play on this again to set my vibes, to set my mood and um, to refresh my mind a little bit. Here we go. So a lot of stuff there that we've seen before, but 
like I said, kind of as we were watching it, by far the most important shot and cool shot right here. I'm going to start here because we are seeing Tuscan Raiders, you know, that scene that we've seen in the trailer already, you know, they're, they're walking around. We got kind of like a sandstorm going on here. And this quote of left for dead on the sands of Tatooine is going on and it flashes straight to Boba Fett in this back to tank kind of setup. He's not really like floating, like, like Luke Skywalker was in Empire Strikes Back. It looks like he's more so laying down, but it's definitely some form of healing uh, tube, healing chamber. Really cool. Can't wait to see it. And that explains why Tamara Morrison Boba Fett is looking so fresh, so clean uh, in the trailer that we've gotten for the Book of Boba Fett so far. But man, I tell you what, I feel like that the Tuscan Raiders and then transitioning to uh, Boba Fett laying there for some reason that is giving me even more so confirmation that DJ was in fact correct, that we're going to see kind of his connection with the Tuscan Raiders and his survival and how he got out of that Sarlacc pit and all of those different things. I know, I think DJ in the past has mentioned that that's going to be potentially answered later in the series. You know, I think I'm a little different, and that's always great to, to have different opinions. I think we're actually going to get a Sarlacc Pit answer rather quickly. You tell me, though, if you have a different opinion, if you agree with DJ kind of later in the show, if you agree with me kind of early in the show, let me know. Let me know in the chat if you're watching live. Let me know in the comments if you're watching on the playback. Or if you're listening to the podcast episode, tell us in Discord. Really cool uh, hangout spot there. Okay, next up. And this was honestly the last thing that I have. And this is like a blink and you miss it kind of moment right here. Oh, I got so lucky there with the pause right there. If you will notice behind Boba Fett and if you're listening on the podcast, I'm at the 15 second uh, mark behind Boba Fett is one of those guys, one of those soldiers that's got that chest plate with kind of like the maroon, the crimson uh, suit underneath is wrapped up, strapped up with Finnick and that makes me believe like the first TV spot that we watched together that's who Finnick or whoever it was I'm pretty sure it was Finnick was carrying into Jabba's palace formerly Jabba's palace those are my thoughts that's kind of where I'm at right now really interesting there and, and obviously that it, that scene is the same scene as that creature I'm blanking on that uh, creature's name or, or the species my bad uh, sitting on that throne that we saw in the main trailer as well. So those two things, the the Tuscan Raider thing transitioning to uh, Boba Fett being in that back to tank and then Fennec Shan having one of those soldiers tied up were my big takeaways because really outside of that, I feel like a lot of these shots we had already seen. But regardless, I do not believe personally that that is going to be the last TV spots or last footage that we see. I am also personally of the belief that we're going to get another trailer. I think if they really, really, really want Boba Fett to be as massive and big um, as I think it should be, I think dropping another trailer would, would do them well. I mean, the excitement level is already there though. So uh, I mean, I'm there. I'm there. You know, you're there. Everyone here with me. I know you're there. Can't wait to see it. But you let me know, you listening, what you thought of those two TV spots. Really cool scenes, really cool footage, stuff that we've seen before, but nonetheless exciting. Okay, 
that was one of the things that we had to get down on this week's boba festivities the next thing we are going to talk about ming na wins recent comments on the book of boba fett from disney 23 magazine and this was shared by the direct i've got some quotes here that i'm going to read with you and we're going to discuss it a little bit this is kind of toying with the title of this episode the anti-hero thoughts here's the quotes from ming na win well there's a partnership between the two of them speaking on finnick and boba fett for sure they're bonded by the fact that they both lived through a near-death experience and there is a sense of code that they both ab abide by i don't think there really is anything uh, there in that quote that we can take away that we didn't really know already rfb in the chat all i can think of caleb in no way are we ready for this story they're gonna tell that is absolute fact rfb you are not wrong sir okay next quote that i have here from ming na win so it's going to be really interesting to see how their dynamics grow in the book of boba fett i think that's all i can say the rest is you have to watch not that they're the bad guys. They're not that good either. We are the anti-hero. I like playing an anti-hero. You get away with more, I think. Tamara is spectacular. In some way, he's the opposite of me, which is good because he's less of a nerd than me. He appreciates the work that goes into everything, and I geek out at everything. So Ming-Na Wen sharing these quotes, the we are the anti-hero quote. I know some people are, I know my brother, for example, usually he doesn't really get into the anti-hero story for some reason, whatever, whatever, Jacob. Uh, but the anti-hero story for me is always fun. I mean, for me, I always think of like Venom or Deadpool or things like that, where, you know, th this this person that's really a villain, but you, you find yourself rooting for him because you kind of understand where they're coming from. I mean, The Mandalorian season two set that up perfectly for Boba Fett. We're definitely going to be getting this anti-hero kind of character arc from Boba. And I can't wait to see it. I will say, though, watching the original trilogy, I never got those vibes, though. And, and playing video games growing up, I mean, Boba Fett was always the villain. And, and you all only viewed him as the villain. I mean, he was the guy that was always in the way of Han Solo. So it is kind of weird now coming to this point where boba is an anti-hero like we're rooting for him but we know he's really going to do some things that are messed up and i'm all here for it i think boba fett has the potential to be the top tier anti-hero honestly i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there of all of the anti-heroes that have ever been i think if the book of boba fett executes well which it's going to i think boba fett could potentially be the greatest anti-hero that we have ever seen on screen i'm sure somebody out there knows some knows a character that i'm completely blanking on as far as the anti-hero goes but oh well i'm a star wars fan i'm just letting my star wars nerd flow boba fett mark it down you heard it here first he's gonna be the greatest anti-hero that you have ever seen okay you let me know though are, i mean are you excited to see Boba Fett be that kind of anti-hero. Fennec Shand as well. I mean, those two pair well so together. Pair well so they pair so well together, and it's going to be great to see them in action.
Okay, next up is this question here that we had teased up on the last Boba festivities, and that was this, is less more with the character of Boba Fett. And this is one of those things that you're going to hear from DJ at the very end of this episode that he pre-recorded for me. I can't wait to hear what he had to say about it. Is less more with the character of Boba Fett? That's our question. And for me, it's always one of those things that I really believe that Boba's character's uh, minimal role is a huge, huge benefit as far as like the mysteriousness, the mystique, the fun that we have with the character. I mean, for me, I, I think about being a kid. I mean, you don't see Boba's story unfold. You don't see Boba's background unfold really until the prequels a little bit. And so it just leads to this incredible imagination, these incredible stories that you come up with personally. And what's better than your own personal stories? So in that sense, Boba Fett has really benefited from getting this less is more kind of treatment in the past. But I've gotten to the point where with the book of Boba Fett, I realized that that's a thing, that Boba Fett has become such a great character due to having less is more. But I'm at the point where, yes, I really want to see more of him. More, I want to see more of him more so than I want to see less of him. So I think it's one of those things that after we see the book of Boba Fett, we're really going to have the ability to answer that question a little, a little bit better. But I think it's something that, that it came up from watching the Under the Helmet special on Disney Plus. It came up while watching that because one of the guys that that worked on the character behind the scenes talked about how less is more and, and that kind of mystique that was surrounding the character really made that character stick. And I'm just to the point where I want more of him. I definitely want more of him. But I realized that that's a thing. And I don't know. I'm just kind of in the middle. I will eventually kind of reevaluate that question of is less more because I think this series is definitely going to dive deeper into the character of Boba Fett. And we actually got a quote from Tamara Morrison himself today, literally today, perfect timing. We got a quote from Tamara Morrison from SFX magazine, and he was asked about the mystery around the character and the possibilities of diving in too deep. So I've got some more quotes uh, for you here. Tamara Morrison said this, yes, and that's where we kind of opened up too much of the can at times, I think. I did have my reservations, but hey, I trust the people I work with. I was so lucky I had people like Dave Filoni, who has an ability to connect some of the dots, some of the ancient dots, and to keep that authenticity. I relied on him a lot because I'm not one of those actors that reads every comic book and every bounty hunter book. He was also asked some questions or at, when asked about some answers for the character of Boba Fett. He said this, there will definitely be a number of answers, teases Morrison, some long-winded answers, some short and sharp answers, some colorful answers. We're filling a lot of gaps. I think that is in direct response to the Sarlacc pit. I definitely think we're getting that in this show. But it's interesting to see Tamara Morrison even recognize that this is a thing, that the less is more mentality with Boba Fett is real. It is definitely, I think, a debate that I'm sure some people out there feel very strongly about. 
I think I'm just right down the middle. I realize it's a thing, but I think I prefer to get more of the awesome character that is Boba. And uh, the Boba, the book of Boba Fett's going to execute on that for sure. You tell me, though, what you think of that question is less more with the character of Boba Fett. All right. The next thing on our to do list on this Boba festivities number two is revisiting the Mandalorian chapter 14, the tragedy. I just rewatched this literally about 20 minutes before hitting go live, 20 minutes before going live. I finally got a chance to rewatch chapter 14, the tragedy. And the big thing that immediately as it happened, the entrance of the slave one is still chilling to this day. It is absolutely incredible. As soon as you hear it, as soon as you hear Slave One, you know that we are in for a treat. It's crazy to me that looking back on season two, everyone talks about, you know, Luke Skywalker showing up. And, and this moment really gets overlooked. This episode sometimes really gets overlooked because of that Luke Skywalker. And that's not that's not a negative comment. It's just so much incredible stuff happened in season two of The Mandalorian. And this episode, if it wasn't for the Luke Skywalker moment, would be by far one of my favorite episodes of anything Star Wars related. It's just absolutely incredible. The the arrival of Boba, the execution of Boba, the brutality of Boba, it was knocked out of the park. And one of the things, one of my big takeaways as we're revisiting uh, the book, sorry, as we're revisiting the tragedy is Robert Rodriguez. The fact that he's going to be directing another episode with this character and hopefully multiple episodes is very exciting because, man, he absolutely crushes it. He gets the brutality of it all. He really, 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 truly does. Okay, so my next thing, Tamara Morrison, his portrayal of the character of Boba and, and the things that he says knocks the character out of the park. I mean, it, it makes sense. He, he portrayed Django. He definitely has that Fett bloodline going on for him. He sounds the same, looks the same. He's a clone, so it makes sense. Great, great portrayal for Boba. We got a question here in the chat. RFB says, what, in your opinion, Caleb, is the tragedy in this chapter? Ooh, there are multiple tragedies in this chapter. I know, I think initially when I first watched it and we first did like a spoiler review or spoiler discussion we said the true tragedy of chapter 14 was the dis destruction of the razor crest that is by far the true tragedy of chapter 14 i mean am i wrong am i wrong i mean in all seriousness it's definitely grogu getting taken by the empire uh and by moff gideon but I mean, the true tragedy is the Razor Crest, man. I thought that was going to be the next Falcon for this next generation. And they just blew it up. They just blew it up. <laughs> but anyway, you let me know your answer, RFB, and anybody in the chat. I think that's a great question. That is a, a phenomenal question. What is the true tragedy in this chapter? So, so much tragicness goes down. It, it really is a great question. Okay. Another thing that I noticed on my rewatch is that Boba Fett name drops Cobb Vanth, and he says that Cobb Vanth was wearing my armor. So Boba is very much in the know of who Cobb Vanth is. And I know last week, me and DJ 
were speculating on if Boba Fett was lurking in the shadows and watching everything that transpired. I think on this rewatch, this revisit, and him name-dropping Cobb Vanth and, and realizing that Cobb Vanth was wearing his armor, I mean, that all but confirms that he was watching, does it not? I mean, that's my personal take, but maybe I'm being too optimistic about us being right for a change. Uh, but I, I kind of feel I kind of feel that way, that, that Boba Fett name-dropping Cobb Vanth 100% confirms that he has been lurking in the sh- the shadows the next kind of thing here that i that i took away from this was boba saying let's all drop our weapons and have a chat that really reminded me of the speak freely vibes and the godfather vibes the the dining hall vibes that we've gotten from the book of boba fett trailers so far so that definitely fits the mold fits the character fits fits what we're going to see in this upcoming series All right, next up, what do I have here? Next question. Next question that I have is, are we going to get further Django history lessons to further make the stance that Fets are, in fact, Mandalorian? I still, to this day, I kid you not, guys, I still, to this day, get people on social media telling me that Fets aren't Mandalorian. I feel like this chapter of The Mandalorian confirmed that Jango Fett was a foundling and therefore is a Mandalorian. If Din Djarin is willing to give Boba Fett his armor, then Din Djarin, the one that follows every single creed, I feel like that is absolute fact then that Fett's are Mandalorian. But, I mean, since there's still somehow division about this, and maybe you're one of those that believes that Fett's are not Mandalorian, and, and let me know why that why you feel that way. I'd love to have that conversation. Since there's still some people on the fence about that, I'm curious if that's something that we're going to dive deeper into in the series. I mean, if people are still 100% clear, if they're still not 100% clear, then let's address it. And I would love to get some more Django history lessons because that means Django Fett gets incorporated and we all love some some Django Fett. But you let me know what you think of that too because I think that's another interesting discussion that I really wish DJ was here with me. We might have to revisit a little bit of chapter 14, the tragedy together. Next up, Q Boba Fett going hard. I mean, this goes back to my Robert Rodriguez comments. Robert Rodriguez crushed he absolutely crushed the action the character and everything about this this chapter of the mandalorian and that makes me extremely excited to see what robert rodriguez is going to do and again i really hope that he directs more than just one episode in the book of boba fett but the this kind of connects back to ming not win the anti-hero vibes right here in the Mandalorian season two is exactly what we needed. And, and that d- definitely connects to what Ming-Na Wen was saying in the quote that came out. I think it came out either today or yesterday, sometime recent, um, that Boba is in fact Finnick as well. They're going to be anti-heroes. We're going to understand where they're coming from, but man, they're going to do some violent things. I mean, as Star Wars fans, we're conditioned to not like the Empire at all. So when Boba Fett is sitting there smashing skulls together and destroying all those stormtroopers i mean of course we're rooting for him i was going crazy and i'm sure the entire fan base was going crazy let's see rfb i think he was discussing um 
when Boba Fett said from Cobb Vanth, I fell over. Oh, yes, RFB is is he's agreeing with me. I think that that Boba is definitely lurking in the shadows because he's well aware of who Cobb Vanth is. Thank you for that confirmation, RFB. I, I, I really do think it does. I really do think that does confirm it. But yeah, man, Boba Fett just goes absolutely ham. He goes ham. You love to see it. And I know Robert Rodriguez is going to deliver on some more of that stuff. And that's one of the things I, I as well put on here is that I Robert Rodriguez directed episodes are the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. I said it. I might be looking forward to Robert Rodriguez episodes more than Dave Filoni, more than Favreau, if he's on the list, more than Bryce Dallas Howard, you name it. Because this chapter was so incredible. Whenever we get word that it's Robert Rodriguez's turn, I'll be there. I'll be there anyway. I'll be ecstatic. I'll be ecstatic. I'll say that. Okay. Boba first putting on the armor again is still extremely satisfying to this day. That is another takeaway that I had. Uh, I, I had a thought as well here, and this was the next thing in the episode. Boba hops in the Slave One cockpit, and he, he goes after the troopers that took Grogu to see kind of where they're going, and he, he notices the Empire. But anyway, the question that I had was, how much Slave One action are we going to get? Because so far, Boba doesn't, what we've seen in the trailers at least, it doesn't look like Boba leaves Tatooine. I, I feel like he's definitely going to. We just haven't necessarily seen locations that don't look like Tatooine yet. So that makes me question how much slave one action are we really going to get? I feel like that might be something that we see later in the show, later in the series, but we'll see. I mean, it's definitely something they're going to execute. I just, I hope there's enough of it. I'll say that because I know in the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, we're with we spend a lot of time with the razor crest i mean that was an entire plot line in the first chapter in the first season was din Djarin repairing the razor crest and, and kind of going on that journey and, and dealing with all of the repairs and the breakdowns and things like that i don't think they're going to sit there and destroy the slave the destroy slave one in this show uh i know there's rumors possibilities that you know it gets a rename which i'm not somebody that cares i mean i'm gonna enjoy seeing boba fett starship slave one whatever you want to call it but enjoy seeing it i don't care what the name is uh so that might be a, it might be a plot line as well just like razor crest was a plot device in the mandalorian i'm sure boba fett's ship slave one is going to be a plot line could be a plot line in the book of boba fett okay back to my comment about boba being shook he was absolute, absolutely shooketh whenever he saw the Imperial Cruiser. That made me ask this question. And those of you watching live, let me know in the chat. How much Empire could we see in the Book of Boba Fett? And obviously, this isn't the Empire at its strongest because they just got wiped out. This is post-Episode 6. This is post-Return of the Jedi. But we know that uh, the Empire is lurking in the shadows and it's eventually going to become the First Order. How much of that are we going to get? I know with a lot, with the trailer, with the TV spots that we've gotten, we keep getting this underworld mentality and that's what we're really going to focus on. So I don't expect a ton of Empire content, but I kind of feel like it's necessary. I think that Boba having that kind of reaction warrants diving deeper into his thoughts and his feelings 
about the empire being relevant still. That was something that I was really interested by. And I hope that's something that we dive deeper with this character in this show that we're eventually going to get in just 27 days. It's going to be absolutely crazy. All right, next here on my big takeaways from chapter 14, the tragedy. Boba reveals through the chain codes that Django was a foundling. I've already kind of mentioned that, but there's just absolute confirmation again that that Fets are Mandalorian. I feel like that's still an argument, though, online, but whatever. That's a big takeaway, though. And then Boba Fett, the last takeaway that I have here with the Mandalorian chapter 14 is that Boba Fett is a man of his word for pursuing after the child until he is safe. And that is definitely a trait that they have teased will move forward because in all of the trailers, TV spots, you name it, Boba mentions, you know, speak freely. Um, I, he just, he, he welcomes opinions. He welcomes people talking. He says, I will, I intend to rule with respect. Uh, I just feel like we're really diving deeper into what makes Boba Fett click. And, and it's interesting to kind of see him in a good sense in a good light and it, that goes back to the anti-hero vibes that we continue to get uh and we're going to get in the book of boba fett but those are all of my big takeaways of the mandalorian chapter 14 the tragedy and those were the things that i thought could connect into the book of boba fett later this month but you tell me if i miss some let me know in the chat i would love to hear it if you got others it's always great to discuss those things, but that is enough for me, man. I've been talking for about 30 something minutes at this point, and I really miss DJ right now. I hope you miss DJ too. It's always great to have as many Star Wars voices as possible on the show. And uh, luckily, though, luckily, we have a recording from DJ Foster himself that he sent me regarding the two TV spots. So he gives you some break. Uh, takeaways and a breakdown and some kind of reactions that I know there are some things in there that I did not hit. So you definitely want to watch that. And he also discusses this is less more question about the character of Boba Fett. So I am going to go ahead and transition to letting him take it away. And then whenever he has, you know, wrapped his thoughts on those two questions and or not two questions, the one question and the trailers, I will kind of take us out of here. So here is DJ Foster himself giving his thoughts on those things. What is going on listeners and viewers of Mando Talk? I'm so glad to be talking to you guys right now. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to join Caleb tonight um, for the live stream. However, I am glad that I'm able to do this for uh, everybody as, um, as I'm just away for the day. So uh, I just wanted to give a couple of quick takes on uh, just some Boba festivities, some notes that I have and some notes that I've made, uh, not just about the TV spots that we got over last weekend, but also I want to answer the question that Caleb has posed to us tonight, which is, is less is less is more when it comes to Boba Fett and answer that question. So let me start with my uh, TV spot kind of reactions. Okay. Now, obviously I'm not doing a reaction to those trailers. Um, I've already seen them. I saw them on my phone over the weekend celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday. So it's not really, you know, 
something worth reacting to now in retrospect. It'd be all fake. I'm not about that. So let me just give you some quick reactions as to the two trailers we got. Okay, so the first trailer that we got was titled Rain, as in like somebody in charge, somebody reigning over a kingdom of sorts, and that's kind of what we're looking at with Boba. And I think it's really cool that they are playing into this. It's a Godfather type of aspect, and we get some Godfathery type mafia type of uh, Italian mob type of feels with this. And um, I think that's really cool. I think that's exciting. It, it, we were able to play into that genre really well. And John Favreau kind of teased that just a little bit in Mandalorian season two, uh, chapter nine. So it's kind of nice that we get a little bit more of that. But the first thing that I noticed watching this TV spot is the palace doors, formerly Jabba's palace, the doors raising up. It looks like it's Fennec Shand escorting a, what I'm going to refer to as a tracksuit ninja uh, through the doors. Who knows what's going on with that? Could be the leader of those guys doing parkour across uh, different cities in Tatooine. I, I have no idea at this point, but that's what it kind of looks like right off the bat. The next thing I notice in this trailer that's not um, something we've already seen, it's this nice shot of, of Slave One just kind of in a hangar. And Boba and Fennec are walking up to it. It looks like it's got it's been draped over with some tarp or maybe it's like covered in sand because it is Tatooine after all. So who knows, but it's a really cool shot of Tatooine just chilling there. I'm sure that was a really fun shot if it was filmed in the volume. I would be, you know, floored if I found out that this was a full-blown slave one they built for the set. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, is it conducive? No, <laughs> but it'd be really cool if they did. Uh, the next thing I notice is a, something I saw a lot of people talking about online, and I'm really glad someone pointed it out um, because I'm not sure I caught it the first time around. But it's basically that the meeting table that they we see um, in the original first trailer is very much in the main audience chamber where everything went down in Return of the Jedi with Jabba. You know, they've got the table right over what used to be the Rancor pit. Who knows if there's something else down there? I would be stoked if there's another Rancor or if there's something else down there. I mean, it'd be awesome, but I don't expect that currently. But it's nice to know that Boba has just full-on set up a table to have a meeting right there with all of his constituents. Uh, those who may owe him something, owe him money, who knows, just these other people that worked with Java, whatever their roles looked like, you know, uh, it's cool to see that the table set up there. Okay, and finally with this first TV spot is right at the end, we get that great callback to Boba's initial introduction in the holiday special back in 1978. You may also know it as the story of the faithful Wookiee that is on uh, Disney+. Plus, and it's just... Tamara Morrison saying, I am Boba Fett. And so, four words that just speak so much to so many fans. So it's really, really cool that they have Tamara Morrison saying those words for at least a TV spot or two. Maybe he actually says it within the show, um, which I really hope he does because it's just really cool uh, of a callback. Okay, so those are my reactions on the TV spot titled Rain. Now let me look at the uh, TV spot entitled Message. Me the word message conveys a lot of things. I think it mostly conveys that Boba Fett has a message for those who may oppose him. Is kind of my initial take on it. Um, first thing I notice in this, right at the beginning when that Lucasfilm logo pops up, it's this intro music that begins with the Slave One engines firing up. The number one reason I noticed this is because of the 
Under the Helmet special on Disney Plus all about Boba Fett. When Ben Burt comes on there with that little bitty bugle-looking trumpet, um, he flat-out blows into it, and it starts... It, it's the engines. It's Boba's engines. It's him flying his ship away. So it's really cool to think that they incorporated that into this trailer. Uh, you, you, maybe you missed it on the first time around. If you, if you don't hear it, go back and listen to it, because it's really cool. It's very cool detail. Um, the next thing I notice is another line. Um, he flat out says, left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. Yes, we know Boba was left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. We've all seen Return of the Jedi. We know what went down there. Uh, the most interesting, most interesting thing to me, though, is that while that dialogue is being said, it's over a shot of a group of Tusken Raiders walking towards the camera in a sandstorm. Now, I've said this on the show already. I still think that this is something that is going to play into his story as we get to know how he survived the Sarlacc pit, you know. And with that also being on there with these Tusken Raiders, we see Boba, what looks like he's got a, a snorkel or a breathing apparatus or something on his mouth to help him heal inside of a back to tank. You know, back to tank, obviously, it's kind of like what Luke was in in Empire Strikes Back. And if you've seen certain episodes of the Clone Wars, back to tanks are utilized there as well. So it looks like he's in a back to tank, except this one looks more like a tanning bed rather than the upright cylinder that we've come to all recognize so well from Empire Strikes Back. So to me, that's kind of the difference here. I think that he is more so laying down inside of a back to tank rather than it being upright. Um, it just kind of looks like he's laying down, and that kind of just, I guess, makes sense to me. Um, but Overall, both teasers, okay, just a quick wrap-up on these teasers. Both of them are just enough to get my blood pumping and excited for the series. And it makes me just really want December 29th to already be here. I mean, I, I am so much looking forward to that. Honestly, I'm looking forward to Book of Boba Fett more than I am Christmas. Some people are like, whoa, slow, hold, pump the brakes, you know. But no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Book of Boba Fett more so. Uh, than Christmas. This is going to be my, I consider it Star Wars' Christmas gift to me. Maybe you do too. Let us know down in the comments below or hit me up at Rebels Come Texan on Twitter and tell me if that's uh, what you're kind of thinking Santa Claus is going to bring to you uh, this year. And also, if it's not Santa Claus, maybe Father Christmas to our people over in the UK, specifically Blue Harvest Bricks, okay? Um, and that's really all I have to say about the the, the teasers, um, they're fantastic. I, I don't necessarily want any more teasers. If those are the only ones we get, awesome. That's fine. I think it's just enough to get the ball rolling as far as getting us into the actual series. Okay, now let me answer the question that Caleb has posed to us tonight. Is less is more when it comes to Boba Fett? Is less more when it comes to Boba Fett? I mean, it's a very good question. It's something that was posed actually in the Under the Helmet documentary. So if you go back and watch that, if you've still not watched it, I encourage you to because it's such a good documentary on the history of Boba Fett and his backstory and all that fun stuff. But to answer the question, in a lot of ways, I'm going to have two kind of answers to this, okay? In a lot of ways, the less we see of Boba Fett, the better, all right? His character has always been surrounded in mystery, and to a certain degree, I think it should stay that way. We don't necessarily need to know every little detail about his life. Now, certain details are great. For example, the Sarlacc pit, how he survived. I'd like to know that detail. All right, I'd like to know little things like that. And that, to me, maybe it's not a little thing to you. To me, it's a small detail because we do have a whole seven-episode series of story that's about to unfold in front of us. So if just finding out the Sarlacc pit... 
uh, is a small detail and how he survived it, then that's fine with me. If that's just one little thing that's over and done with quickly, cool. But I really think it's going to wait until the end of the series to really divulge that. But at the same time, I think to a certain degree, his character should stay shrouded in mystery and therefore less of Boba Fett, the better. Um, now, one of the many reasons I know that people like Boba Fett is because he's a mysterious bounty hunter. I mean, and, and while we have a lot of his backstory from Clone Wars and then also Attack of the Clones, you know, that stuff's good, but it's not so much backstory that it tells us how we got from Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, all the way up to at least the original trilogy era. You know, if you think about the 1997 Special Editions, Boba Fett is there in A New Hope, and then, of course, also in Empire Strikes Back, and obviously Return of the Jedi, now where we are, uh, even now with the new series, The Book of Boba Fett. So these kinds of things, the fact that um, he is a mysterious bounty hunter, I know that Robert Rodriguez, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, everybody involved with this project is excited to play into the mysterious bounty hunter type stuff and watch him act as a bounty hunter instead of just standing in the corner with a gun, you know, or being a little kid pointing and saying, dad, look like, and that stuff's fine, but it, it's going to be fun to watch him be a bounty hunter instead of uh, what we've seen so far. And I think that's going to be really exciting to watch. So again, in a lot of ways, the less of Boba Fett, um, the better. Now let me go to the other side of this coin. In a lot of ways, the less we see of Boba Fett, the worse off we are as fans. Now, we want to answer questions, as I said a second ago, like how did he survive the Sarlacc Pit? Which is an answer I know we're going to get in this series. There's no way we don't get that answer in this series. But I don't think it's going to be answered right away. I think that they're going to save that and, and make it make us kind of want it. And, you know, just They're going to kind of dangle it out there like that Geico commercial with the guys like, I got you a dollar. And then you go, oh, you got to be quicker than that. They're going to do that over and over, I feel like, with this story as far as the Sarlacc pit goes. And, I, I again, this is an answer I know I, deep down in my heart. I know we're going to get this answered. But, again, not right away. Maybe so more so with um, – a finale type of way, like we got in Mandalorian season one with Din Jaren's background and how he became the Mandalorian. I think that that would be the best way to tell that story for Boba. And as far as I'm concerned, if that's how that works out, that's great. And those are those kinds of details that would make us seeing Boba awesome and seeing it go that way. But again, you know, sometimes these things can get in the way because we're going to see so much and it takes away from the shroud of mystery. So in a way we're worse off if we're seeing a lot of Boba rather than if we just kind of kept some things close to the vest, you know, so to speak. All right. Second thing I want to say on why we might be worse off. And it's actually the final thing. Why I'd say we'd be worse off as fans. If we saw a whole lot of him is he's honestly, he's just too cool to use as little as possible. And what I mean by that is the more we put him on screen, the more exciting it is to see him. Of course, this is his series. We're going to see him constantly. Not in every shot, obviously, but we're going to see a lot of him. And that's important stuff. But at the same time, it could damage, again, that shroud of mystery. The, just him being Boba Fett standing in the corner with a gun is to some degree really cool. But at the same time, you know, a lot of us want to see more of that. Um, and want to see more of him being a bounty hunter and really being active and just watching him 
perform and watching uh, Tamara Morrison take this character and do something awesome with it, as we all know is going to be and already has been, right? But again, he's too cool to use as little as possible. We need to see him do a lot of really bad-to-the-bone uh, Boba Fett things. You know, without him shooting knee rockets and beating tracksuit niches up with a gaffy stick, you know, if we don't see those things, it's not Boba. Therefore, we do need to see a lot of him. It could be a problem again if we play into these this idea of, well, I want to keep Boba Fett kind of mysterious. And honestly, just to conclude this, I think we can play both sides of it here. I really think that we can say, yes, he's still going to be mysterious. Yes, he's still going to be the guy in the corner holding the gun, ready to act at a moment's notice. But at the same time, we're going to see a lot of him. And we're going to see him doing these things a lot. I think that's really something cool. So at the end of the day, I'm kind of riding the fence here, so to speak. You know, I'm not necessarily in the camp of, yes, the less of him, the better, or no, the more of him, the better, or whatever. I'm not really kind of saying one or the other. I think for this one, I have to ride the line um, for now. You know, as, as soon as December 29th gets here and we see the, the seven episodes that uh, follow after that date, yeah, I, I would love to see what they do with that. Of course, that's what we're all here for. Um, but as far as making a conclusion go on what, as far as making a conclusion goes, excuse me, I really right now think I have to ride the line. All I want is just Boba Fett. And normally I would probably take one position or the other, but I think in this case, uh, it's best to say, let's ride the line and let's see, um, which one they go with. Cause it could go either way. And for me personally, it's real close at the same time of whether it's better or worse. But again, I'm going to ride that line and just say, just give me Boba Fett. Let me see him do Boba Fett things. And that way we can continue to celebrate our Boba festivities here on Mando Talk. Okay, well that's what I have to say about that. I'm so glad that I was able to at least do this to give something to our listeners this week. So now I'm going to toss it back over to Caleb. Y'all have a good weekend. Well, there you have it, folks. That was DJ Foster kind of giving his shots. I'm sure he appreciated me pausing it on him there. <laughs> no, I am so thankful of DJ for getting that in. I always love hearing his thoughts. Great thoughts there. And guess what? Me and DJ both are going to be back next week for Mando Talk. As always, Tuesdays is when we talk about Star Wars news. And Thursday, we will have the third chapter of boba festivities what that means is we are inching closer and closer to the book of boba fett premiering on december 29th and until then as always mando talk will be here to get you ready for it and you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram tiktok at mando talk if you want to get more star wars content you can join our discord if you want to have some more one-on-one -on -one conversations with us and subscribe to our youtube channel we would greatly appreciate that support we are inching closer and closer to the next goal so help us get there tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend especially if you love star wars then then that means you probably know somebody that loves star wars just as much as you so let them know about us and we would greatly appreciate it all right Let's get out of here. I hope you have a blessed evening, a blessed morning, a blessed weekend, whenever you are listening. I hope it's I hope it's blessed. And you know what? It is blessed because you know what? We live in a world where we get to be Star Wars fans. And until next time, as always, we have spoken. <laughs>